Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720. Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, here once again with Katie Goulis. Glory to Jesus Christ, Katie. Glory to him forever, Father Tom. Well, we're having a wild summer here at Annunciation Parish, aren't we? We sure are, definitely. Lots and lots <laughs> of activities. And these activities, as engaging as they are, a lot of work, uh, they are activities nonetheless in which is our form of evangelization. Sometimes I'm asked, in fact, recently I was asked by a group that was visiting our church of how we evangelize. How do we do things like, for instance, they noticed that we had a vacation Bible school going on that you were part of, right, Katie? That's and, right. And they asked me, well, gee, what do you use? Do you use some kind of form? Do you use some kind of program? What do you use? And I explained to them that we sometimes use things that are based on the work of others, but at the same time, we tailor it to our own particular expression or needs. In other words, we evangelize and we help people, especially young people, to grow in their faith by means of dipping into the reservoir of our own Eastern spirituality. Oftentimes I'm asked, how does the Eastern Church evangelize? Does the Eastern Church evangelize? And that word evangelization is a very challenging one for the whole Catholic Church, East and West. It's challenging even for Eastern Christians who are Orthodox or Catholic. So the question is today for our program is, how does the Eastern Church evangelize, whether Orthodox or Eastern Catholic? How do we bring who we are outward? Why should we? How do we? And that's the question we're going to answer today. One of the things that we have to realize, too, is that the Church breathes with both lungs, East and West, which means that the different lungs of the Church have their own particular genius, as it were. I'm always very much in awe of the genius of the Western Church when it comes to evangelization. 
You know, the Western Church, the Latin Rite, the Roman Catholic Church, is, of course, the most known of all the rites of the Catholic Church throughout the world. It's the largest, numerically. And I think one of the reasons for that is because of its particular genius to evangelize. The Western lung of the Church is, as it were, more portable. (laughs) It can be taken around easier. It can go forth easier. It does a marvelous job in bringing the Word of God outward. It can come into different cultures and different nations and different places, and it can adapt. It can bring the message there in a kind of a concise, very effective way. The Eastern churches have a little different character, of course, and that's what makes them different. That's what makes them Eastern, part of the Eastern lung, of course. And in doing so, and because they are that way, they have a different approach to evangelization. Now, sometimes it is similar to the West, but oftentimes it has to be a little bit different. Now, in being different, we have to look at the basic character of the Eastern Church and try to encourage Eastern Christians, both Eastern Catholic and Orthodox, to, first of all, get more familiar with this idea of evangelization. You know, Katie, one time somebody said to me, this was a well-known radio host, another radio host, she was a woman who was Latin right, and she was once giving a talk, in fact, she was giving a talk at our parish one day, and she was complimenting the Eastern churches, the Byzantine church, as she had come to know it by coming to know us and our work we do on our radio. But then at the same time, she made a little challenge to us. She admitted that the Latin right is not as aware of the Eastern Lung of the Church as it ought to be, which is what occasioned John Paul II's document, Orientale Lumen, from which we get the name of this church. She acknowledged that, that there's a lot of work that has to be done in that area. That's why we have this radio program, of course. But also, she challenged the Eastern churches. She said, you know, you Eastern churches, you tend to keep your light under a basket, as it were. You tend to not go out from yourselves as maybe as much as you ought to. And I remember some of the reaction by some of the Eastern Catholics sitting there was was kind of mixed. And I think it kind of nudged the people a little bit and kind of pricked them a bit. You know, their conscience, you know, sometimes it happens whenever you hear something that's true or challenging about yourself, you sometimes get a little uncomfortable or you can receive it very well. But after you think about it, you realize that, you know, maybe that person had a point in all honesty. And she did have a good point. Again, she was complimentary about the Eastern churches at the same time challenged us. And I think that was a very, very worthy challenge. And that's the challenge that we're going to address today in our program, Light of the East. And to address it, we have to understand, first of all, the character of the Eastern Church and why this whole idea of evangelization might strike terror in the hearts of Eastern Christians (laughs) and why we maybe are not as big, as widespread as our Latin Rite brethren are throughout the world. In the West, as I mentioned, we have a character of the church that is very, very kind of linear in its structure. In other words, there's a very visible head, and all the bishops and priests and dioceses find their validity in being united to that one visible head, the Pope. And there is a kind of a sense of being one or united, even though there's diversity in the church, and of speaking basically as one voice, as going forward as one, in, in the end, sort of a consolidated entity. This is kind of the character, the genius of the West. And so th- this makes their ability to evangelize very effective. They do, in fact, go throughout the world and have over centuries and have brought the message of Jesus Christ and the Western lung of the church to every corner of the world, to the point where most people associate Catholic with the Latin Rite. But of course, it's not the only rite of the Catholic Church. The other rites, the Eastern rites, they evangelize too, but in a different way. So we look at the character of the East. You know, Katie, for me, I kind of like the image of man and woman. 
the West is kind of like the man. It sort of goes out, you know, sort of finding things, sort of making, taking the initiative, going around more, kind of getting out there, kind of seeking and conquering, as it were, in a good way for the Lord, and sort of, you know, setting down its roots, planting its seeds, making its statement, claiming its territory for the Lord. That's how I kind of see the Western church, their genius, their ability. The Eastern church, I kind of see it almost like in the feminine. In other words, where they attract people, we attract people, our way of evangelization in part is done by attracting people to us like a beautiful woman, like a queen <laughs> sitting on her throne, you know, where it's the overpowering beauty and majesty of the Eastern churches is attractive to people. It's, it's what attracts them to the Eastern churches. It's not that the Western church is not beautiful, but the Eastern church in a particular way has a kind of a majesty and a, in a, a kind of an elaborateness to it, a tradition, a a well, a kind of overriding, alluring beauty. And this is how one way, our principal way in which we evangelize. But at the same time, I'm sure you know this as a woman too, Katie. Sometimes if the woman wants to be noticed, she does have to get off of her throne, correct? So <laughs> she, true, yeah. She has to go out. Mm -hmm. She has to meet people. She has to be in the public or be places. And that's true of a good queen, too, because a good queen uh, doesn't stay in her, you know, castle or palace all the time. A good queen goes out and meets her people so that they can know more about her and understand her better. Right, exactly. The The queen, her place is the throne, and people do come from far and wide to see her, mm -hmm. you know, and they come whenever she's in, oh, what you what would you call it? You know, the great grand processions or, you know, the grand occasions where she's... Big state occasions. Right, yeah. the big mm -hmm. state occasion. Exactly. Everyone comes out to see the queen, you know. And, of course, if there's... They look at the look at the attention that the royal wedding gets on TV, you know. Even though today we boast in America, we would never have uh, the monarchy and that system, you know. But you know, we love, we're fascinated by the queen, the princess, you know. So true. I stayed up to watch the royal wedding, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that deep in us that does attract us to that. And that's what and that's part of the character of the Eastern churches. So, yes, we have kind of the, the queen mother sort of uh, charism to us. The West has more, more or less, more, I would say, the kingly character to it. Again, I'm being a little bit simplistic in my analogy, but the point is, is that there's two different characters or geniuses of the, of the both lungs of the church, East and West, which determines how they evangelize. Now, back to the Eastern church and the queen. We have this beautiful queen and people want to come and see, but at the same time, as we said, she has to get out there. As you said, Katie, she has to get among her kingdom, you know, her, her subjects. She has to get out in the public eye. And the question with Eastern churches is, how do we do that? How do we take a church that largely relies on drawing people to it through beauty, at the same time trying to make people aware of it? You know, you have to be aware of the queen in order to want to be drawn to her and to her royalty and the beautiful palace. You have to know that it exists, that it's there. So how do the Eastern churches do that? Well, we're going to talk specifically about how we do it and how we've done it here at our parish as an Eastern parish at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen. In fact, you can actually see some of the ways we do it by going to our website, byzantinecatholic.com, and clicking on things like the nature page of our website. But please stay with us here on Light of the East as we talk more and more about how the Eastern churches evangelize through their specific genius. I'm Father Thomas Loya, here once again with Katie Goulis on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. 
In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to Prairie Fest. This year's fest features a 5K run, beanbag tournament, and trivia contest. Experience the reverential awe of our church interior and take a meditative walk through our award-winning landscape. Prairie Fest. No admission charge. Prairie Fest kicks off at 7, Friday evening, August 12th, with music by the Tinley Park Arts Alive Jazz Band. Then Saturday, August 13th at 2.30, the U of I Guys Band, playing your favorite hits. Later, at 7, the fabulous Neverly Brothers. That's why I go for that rock and roll music. On Sunday, August 14th at 11.30 a.m., Polka with Eddie Blazonczyk's Versatones on their farewell tour. Oh, how I miss you. Followed by Harvest Moon at 3. Prairie Fest, $5,000 grand prize raffle. Details at ByzantineCatholic.com on the events page. Friday through Sunday, August 12th through the 14th at Annunciation Parish, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm here with Katie Gullis. I'm your host, Father Thomas Loya. We're talking about how the Eastern churches, in particular Eastern Catholic parishes, evangelize, how they do, how they should, how they can evangelize. And that's a scary word to many Eastern Catholic churches in particular because, as I mentioned earlier, our basic character is one in which we evangelize by drawing people to us by an overpowering beauty much like, as we mentioned, a beautiful woman, a beautiful queen on her throne. At the same time, we do have to make that queen known to the world. And so, what do we do? My suggestion is, is that we go with our strengths. In other words, we dip into our particular genius and we use those things. In the Eastern Church, one of the great geniuses we have is that we express who we are. Everything that we believe finds some kind of expression symbolically in something, something physical, the way we do the sign of the cross, the way we use our very bodies, the gesture, the movement at service, our iconography, our incense, even the way that we approach the environment, as you can see, as I mentioned earlier, by going to our website. In fact, proud to say, Nunciation Parish is a leader in this form of evangelizing by means of the environment. We have restored the indigenous vegetation on our property, in what is a very elaborate, sustainable environment and water management master plan for which we have been awarded. One of the reasons we did this was, in fact, for evangelization. In other words, we're doing what is right. We're approaching the environment of our property. We're blessed to have this type of property that we can work with. It has a lot of environmental possibilities. 
And so we restored or responded to the environment according to God's design, which we knew at the same time would make a statement about who we are. So we have this property, we have this spirituality, and we've put the two together into something that is very, very public. In other words, we're on a fairly busy street, right, Katie? We've got a lot of, lot mm-hmm. of traffic. Yep. And what, what, does, what is the first thing people see? First thing people see is not you or I. They see the property from the outside. They see the church from the outside. So that has to already be making a statement about who we are. So the way that we present our property, and all churches have a property, even if you're surrounded by concrete, and you don't have a lot of land as we do here, we have 10 acres here of semi-rural property, beautiful sprawling land, and we've used that as an evangelical tool to make a statement about our spirituality to the world, to all who pass by. But even if you don't have the luxury of or the blessing, the gift of that kind of property, nonetheless, you can still turn whatever you do have into an evangelical opportunity. One of those ways is to do what we've also done here at Annunciation Church by adorning the exterior of an Eastern Church. When you have on the outside of the Eastern Church, we have iconography or images, crosses, and so on. What that's supposed to do, it's supposed to serve the purpose of giving a person a hint of what is going to be found on the inside. And then as you enter the inside of the church, the church ought to be, as we have done here at our parish, I have to admit, (laughs) ought to be an edifice that explodes on the interior with iconography and imagery. So you feel like you're stepping into this whole other world, this other worldliness. But you get a hint of that on the outside. You have to have iconography on the outside of an Eastern church edifice. On the property, you can have little shrines, icons in the gardens, but also on the surface, on the face of the church itself. Because again, this is giving a hint of what is to come. And it's also transmitting, once again, something beautiful, something that has a mystery to it that might actually pull somebody in, make them actually stop and say, gee, I want to see what this church is about. It looks very interesting from the outside. It's got this beautiful iconography or, or landscaping, so maybe the inside is even better. In other words, it's making a statement about who we are as church, who we are as a community, and it then draws people in. So it's one of the first things is to use what it is we have, use our spirituality and the resources that we have, even physically, but to turn those into evangelical opportunities, make a statement about who we are. The other aspect of evangelization in the Eastern churches is to take the whole spirituality of the East that we find in a liturgy. In other words, let liturgy be the engine that drives evangelization. And what does our liturgy do? What is our liturgy about? Our liturgy is about making what is invisible visible. In other words, making God very tangible and real and intimate without losing the fact that he is at the same time way beyond us, that he is transcendent. And how do we do that? Well, in the Eastern churches, again, with our genius to express who we are, we do it through iconography, largely through imagery and through our liturgy. So we use those things. We use the icons to teach. We use the icons to evangelize, to communicate who we are. And we even incorporate and integrate the iconography, the church itself, into a lot of things we do with young people, with our children, when we teach them. A lot of times 
during liturgy itself, in fact, sometimes we get some of the religious education teachers, Katie, kind of like directing or whispering in the ears of some of the children, teaching them and mentioning to them what's happening now, where there's a procession going on in the liturgy, or pointing to an icon and explaining that. Oh, look over here. Look at St. George on the dra- on his horse killing the dragon, you know. Oh, look at Jesus up there. You're going to receive Jesus pretty soon. In other words, we can, through our respective character of iconography, in other words, things that are part of our liturgy, we can actually draw somebody into who we are, into that mystery, especially little children. You know, it's a very tactile church. It's a church that really, in a sense, engages our senses and so that we enter into what is really another reality. What is invisible is made visible. So when we evangelize as an Eastern church, we do so through our respective genius, things that are particular to us, such as the way that we design our churches, our iconography on the outside and on the inside of the church as well. Now, another aspect of this whole idea of evangelizing is that we connect, as I mentioned, the invisible with the visible. So we try to make God very real, very experiential. And we do this a lot with our children. For instance, the last several summers, Katie, you've taken part in the vacation Bible school, right? That's right, yep. (laughs) And what is it we did with these children using our own particular gifts? Well, we started three summers ago. We had our very first vacation Bible school. And since we didn't know a lot about it or how to put one together ourselves, we used a kit. And we used the VeggieTales kit from Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. (laughs) So it's a really cute little story that is really enticing to the kids and gets them interested. And then each day there's a different like biblical hero that they learn about. So that was the first year. And we really just did it to kind of gauge the reaction, see how many kids we could get coming. And we were really encouraged by the number of kids we were getting to come out on a weeknight during the summer to our church mm-hmm. to participate in this Bible school. So then last year we did kind of our own thing where we could take Eastern Catholic saints mm-hmm. and kind of put them into the Bible school mode because the I don't want to say the problem with the Veggie Tales kit was, mm-hmm. but th- we weren't really learning about um, like the Byzantine Catholic Church. Right. So we really wanted to take and infuse our Eastern spirituality and infuse that into the Bible school. And uh, one of the things we used Mm -hmm. was the character of, we talked about queens, of royalty. Mm -hmm. We begin our liturgy by saying, blessed is the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what we did was, we set the vacation Bible school last summer Mm -hmm. around the theme of forming the children as knights and ladies. They really enjoyed that. The boys got a kick out of learning how to be courageous, and the girls really liked, you know, learning how to be... Ladies of great dignity. Yeah, ladies of great dignity and integrity. And and in fact, what what we were doing was, in concert with our liturgy once again, using liturgy as the engine that drives evangelization and teaching, we were incorporating the children, teaching them in a creative way how to comport themselves in the church and what what is Mm -hmm. the proper way to be in church. Mm -hmm. And that was really great because they learned proper church behavior, which I don't want to say was lacking, but it was definitely something that kids should learn at an early age. And it's good to do it in a fun setting where, you know, they can they can kind of pretend to be knights and ladies. And this is how a knight should act in church all the time. And this is how a lady should act in church. And then we also taught them about Eastern Catholic and Eastern Christian saints like mm-hmm. St. Catherine and St. Sophia and her daughters, you mm-hmm. know, faith. Faith, hope, and charity. Faith, hope, and charity. Yeah, there you go. I've got my mind on this year's vacation Bible school yeah. right now. And the boys learned about, you know, St. George and St. Mm-hmm. Nicholas, these great pillars of our faith. Right. And then this year, we decided to do superheroes because that's a really popular theme yes. right now. And so we decided to take um, biblical heroes 
from the Old Testament that kind of foreshadowed or mirrored the ultimate superhero, Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. So, we, yeah, at times we can take something established by somebody else, like a Veggie Tale format. Mm-hmm. Or the fact of Vacation Bible School itself came by largely, I think, was a concept from the Protestants. Yeah, mm-hmm. So it's okay to take some of those concepts, but then we sort of immerse that into our own particular genius so that our children are very integrated into their own church and their own spirituality. One of the things also that we are doing in our church is we're doing... Here it comes. Brace yourself for this one. We're actually doing the door-to-door evangelization, the straight-out door-to-door evangelization. But no, we're not going up to anybody and saying, hey, have you been saved? Or you should come to our church. Rather, the evangelization program we've started at our parish here at Annunciation is one that is more like, well, we'll call it visitation. We have people going door-to-door, two-by-two, like the Bible, but we're doing it in such a way in which we're not pressing anyone to join our church. We're not telling them they need us because they're not saved or things like that, that what we traditionally think of evangelization. Rather, we're simply presenting ourselves as a neighbor, as a member of, and an asset of their own community. And we ask them, greet them, first of all, and ask them, what can we do for you? We're here as church in this community. What can we do to help you personally and to help this community? A lot of times people are taken aback in a good way by such a question because they never thought that a church really cared about them or they figure you're coming at me to try to make me join something and uh, bring my checkbook with me. (laughs) But actually, what we're doing is we're simply, and again, this also grows out of our own Byzantine spirituality, which is very incarnational. We're simply incarnating ourselves more deeply, more personally, more intimately into the community in which we are immersed as a parish. And we'll let you know as we unfold this program, it's new, it's daring, we'll let you know here in Light of the East what this program is yielding. But we do know what the other aspects of evangelization are yielding for us at Annunciation Parish. And we hope that in sharing it with you, and especially if you are a member of an Eastern Catholic Church or Eastern Orthodox Church and parish, that hopefully you can avail yourselves of some of these tips as well. I want to thank you for listening. I was here with Katie Gullis today again. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the east, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. CRI, Catholic Radio International.com.